This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 106.7 The Fan, I am Denton Day. At The Denton Day on Twitter, NFL Divisional Round Playoffs start today. Kansas City and Jacksonville to kick us off at 415. Philadelphia and New York, the nightcap at Hey, let's head out to the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place your first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Jordan DeJani, CBS Sports, good enough to join us at Jordan DeJani on Twitter. Jordan, always good to catch up, my friend. Hope you're doing well. Uh, of the four games that we're going to see this weekend, which one excites you the most? Oh, baby, it's Denton Day on a Saturday. What is going on, my man? Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, all of these matchups are enticing for several different reasons, but I think the par for the course is going to be the Bengals at Bills. Uh, I think it's the first official matchup between Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Of course, the last time these two teams faced off, we all witnessed the unfortunate DeMar Hamlin tragedy. Um, but thankfully he's recovered enough where both teams have been able to refocus on football. It certainly looked like we were in for an epic shootout before that unfortunate circumstance took place. That's going to be an exciting matchup. But to be honest with you, I may be just as excited for the Dallas Cowboys at San Francisco 49ers, right? I mean, this Cowboys team has been inconsistent all season, but at the same time, the 49ers are still working with a rookie seventh-round pick at quarterback, it's Brock Purdy's been off to an amazing start, but at some point we have to wonder if he's ever going to look like a rookie. What if that happens in the divisional round? I expect that's going to be a close matchup. I'm just as excited for that one as for the other three matchups. What's your level, if you were to, to scale it on between 1 and 10, what's your level of trust in Dallas? Oh, geez. I mean, I would say a five at most. I mean, you never can predict or forecast what this team is capable of. I mean, I just go back to the regular season finale against the uh, Washington Commanders where Sam Howell was basically carving up that defense, (laughs) the starting defense, by the way. And on the opposite side, I mean, Dak Prescott, I think, missed at least five games and still was tied for the NFL lead in interceptions. It's hard to have any kind of level of faith in the Dallas Cowboys. But, of course, when you look at this team on paper, on both sides of the ball, they have an aggressive pass rush. They have plenty of weapons on offense. They're capable, at the very least, capable of making some sort of run. So that's why I think that game is going to be close. 
Now, the first game you mentioned was the the Bills and the Bengals. Now, I have a particular affiliation with that one due to my love for Joe Burrow, but I've been being told all week, Jordan, that it's not even going to be a close game because of the the lack of offensive line depth and all the injuries that uh, Cincinnati is dealing with. Do you still think that game ends up being close, or do you think Josh Allen and the Bills run away with it? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. And I, I, I find my – I think it's hard to say that, no, I don't believe this game is going to be close just because of the offensive line issues. I did it, right? And Joe Burrow has already taken the second most sacks through five career playoff games since the 1970 merger, yet he still found a way to be successful in the postseason. The Bills, of course, did not look like world beaters against the Miami Dolphins and another seventh-round rookie quarterback in Skylar Thompson. They won the game, but it didn't exactly feel like a notable victory. So, yeah, I do expect this game to be close. Now, I will say in full transparency, the Buffalo Bills are my Super Bowl pick. But with that being said, looking at the spread, I think it's sitting at five and a half points right now. It's going to be hard not to take the Bengals in this spot as underdogs because, as you mentioned, Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, has been one of the best in the business, not only in the playoffs, but as an underdog as well. Uh, who did you have in the, in the Super Bowl from the NFC, just out of curiosity? Yeah, so I actually predicted the entire playoff bracket before the postseason for CBS Sports, which was kind of a tough challenge. And I actually went to the number one seed in the NFC over there, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, it seems like we've been kind of leading up to that matchup all year, right? For the, for the majority of the season, the Buffalo Bills like the mo- looked like the most formidable team out of the AFC, and the Eagles, of course, went on that whatever it was, 9-0, 10-0 win streak before they ran into the white, the mighty Washington Commanders. So I like the Eagles to really rebound here. I think they're formidable on both sides of the ball. I think Jalen Hurts has kind of put that shoulder injury behind him. Um, they got that first-round bye, which is going to be beneficial. I don't think that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I think they're in a great position to make it to that big stage. So you think you think Jalen is is pretty much fully healthy now at this point, or at least as healthy as you can get, you know, come January in the NFL season? That's at least what I think. You know, we're going to find out very quickly this afternoon if that's the case or not. But at the same time, you know, he's had plenty of time to rest up from this injury. And, you know, looking at the reports in terms of what the injury actually was in terms of that sprain, um, you know, rest was the key ingredient for a full recovery. And it seems like he's had that, especially with the first round by I expect he's ready to rock this weekend. Jordan DeJani, my guest here, CBS Sports, covering the NFL, at Jordan DeJani on Twitter. He joins me via the BetQL guest hotline here on 106.7 The Fan. What about the first game that we're going to see this afternoon, Jordan? We got the Jags in Kansas City. and The Jags had this historic comeback last week. Do you think they are a good enough team to hang with Kansas City for an entire four quarters, or do you think we'll start to see him crack a little bit? Uh, yeah, it's a tough question. I'm going to say yes. I think that spread is just a little bit inflated. And, you know, looking at the first-round buys going back to last year, remember the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers, the number one seeds from last season, were upset in the divisional round. Maybe the Chiefs don't exactly hit the ground running in the postseason. I still expect them to advance to the AFC Championship game. But, yeah, I think that maybe, you know, this isn't some kind of high-flying a high-scoring affair, I should say. You look at the Jaguars. I mean, they're eight and five as underdogs this season. That's tied for the most wins by any team since 1970, including in the playoffs. Doug Peterson has been a great playoff underdog. He's five and one straight up, six and zero oh against the spread as a playoff underdog. That's tied for the fourth most straight up wins by a head coach since 1970 as an underdog. 
I love Trevor Lawrence. He's 37 and 0 as a starting quarterback when playing on a Saturday, dating back to high school. So, yeah, I'm going to take the points with the Jaguars. Maybe it's a great teaser leg. I would suggest that, too, for your uh, listeners out there who are gambling men. This is a, an obvious teaser leg. But, yeah, if you're making me pick the 8.5, 9.5, whatever it is at this point, I'm leaning towards the Jacksonville Jaguars because that's a ton of points. Does the uh, the, the storyline of uh, student versus teacher with Doug Peterson taking on Andy Reid do anything for you? Oh, a little bit. It's something that I at least bring up in radio interviews. I mean, Andy Reid has <laughs> never lost a playoff matchup against a former assistant. He's 4-0, and and that's for good reason. Not only is Andy Reid um, good at what he does in terms of an offensive strategist, but he's somebody who's been able to field and maintain one of the most formidable teams in the NFL. The Chiefs are obviously a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and Andy Reid is a smart guy who knows um, his assistants very well because he kind of brought them up. He has his own coaching tree. So, yeah, it does do something for me. But at the same time, as I mentioned, Doug Peterson, in his own right, has been very successful in the postseason when Vegas makes the tragic mistake of counting him out. So, again, I think the Chiefs win this game straight up, but I think the Jaguars do cover the number. Out of the eight coaches that are left in the uh, divisional round, who do you think is the best coach? Wow, that's a good question. You know, I, I'm, I, I really do find myself – intrigued by Kyle Shanahan of the San Francisco 49ers. And there's no way at this point in the the season we can say that he's underrated because he hasn't exactly had the most formidable win-loss record as a head coach. But the fact that he's been able to take Mr. Irrelevant, literally the last pick of the 2022 NFL draft, and turn this guy into who looks like the second coming of Tom Brady and Jesus all mixed in one (laughs) is pretty incredible. So that's the guy who I really have the most faith in. And it's not only that. I mean, you look at just how this 49ers offense works. They play positionless football with tons of motion, tons of weapons, and they know how to use strategy to get those guys open and, and show the defenses different looks. It seems like the defenses who play the San Francisco 49ers are always playing on their heels. That's why I love Kyle Shanahan. That's why I think he's one of the best coaches in the game. Where do you think Brian Dable falls in that? Because full disclosure, if I was to rank the top three coaches, I'd say Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, and then I might put Brian Dable at number three. How impressed are you with what he's done this season with New York? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's kind of hard to power rank because I really do have a lot of respect for Doug Peterson. You already brought up Andy Reid. I don't exactly know where I fall with Nick Sirianni, but he's been extremely successful as well. Um, maybe I, I think I'd have Brian Dable over Zach Taylor. I, I would say that at least. And I love Brian Dable, and it's not just because I look like I'm a skinnier version of him. Uh, <laughs> I think he's a great offensive mind. I think that he's somebody who's been able to orchestrate a very quick turnaround in New York. This is why you go out there and you get these offensive minds, because all of a sudden Daniel Jones looks like a franchise quarterback, and all of a sudden Saquon Barkley has reinserted himself into the conversation of best running back in the NFL. And look at the wide receiving core that Daniel Jones and Dable have been working with this season. Listen, I love Isaiah Hodgins. He won me a fantasy playoff matchup, but they're lacking in talent at the wide receiving core, right? So it's it's incredible. And Brian Dable is a legitimate head coach, or I should say AP coach of the year in the NFL. Candidate. There's no doubt about that. I'm excited for what this franchise is capable of moving forward because they definitely hit on Brian Dable. Jordan to Danny, my guest here on 106.7, the fan joins via the BetQL guest hotline. Jordan, just a couple more for you. When we get to Monday, so I'm going to ask that you take all of the quarterbacks out of this discussion. 
But when we get to Monday, which player do you think we're going to be talking about the most to someone that had a great game that won their team a game? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, how about Boston Scott, right? The giant killer. No, I'm totally <laughs> kidding with you there. Um, you know, I think that I'll say this. How about Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers? This is a guy who's been really coming into his own over the past few games. He's always been that kind of sneaky fantasy play, somebody who's had a couple of big games as well. But it seems like he's really establishing chemistry with Brock Purdy, and I think that chemistry is going to continue to show itself against the Dallas Cowboys defense, which has been very prone to some lapses there in the secondary. Brandon Ayuk is an explosive weapon. He's not only an elite route runner, but he's someone who can do things after the catch as well. And I feel like having that wide receiver on the outside along with Christian McCaffrey, along with George Kittle, along with Debo Samuel, um, it really does help add to this 49ers offense. I think Brandon Ayuk is a guy who's poised to show himself as a legitimate NFL star as we advance to the NFC Championship game. That's a perfect example of great minds thinking alike because that was my answer too. Uh, Jordan, I'll get you out of here with this. Give me your best bet for the, the weekend, either today or for tomorrow. I'll give you a couple. Let's start with Ayuk once again. Longest reception for Brandon Ayuk, over 22 and a half yards. Ayuk has crossed this line in six out of the last eight games. Last Saturday, he caught a 31-yard pass versus the Seahawks. Now, if you're looking to have some fun, maybe just kind of a one-catch thing, one-catch prop, a guy who's under the radar, how about Justin Watson of the Kansas City Chiefs? Receiving yards, over 15 and a half. This is a flyer, of course. Watson is obviously not a key cog in the Chiefs' offensive machine, but he's one of those guys who can catch a random bomb from time to time. Against the Raiders in the regular season finale, he caught a 67-yard pass. And against the Broncos in Week 17, he caught a 27-yard pass. One more for you. I brought up Boston Scott. Anytime touchdown at plus 300, they call him the Giants killer. He scored 10 of 17 career touchdowns, I believe, against the Giants. But, that, but listen, I'm not talking about just history alone. This week, Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale said he didn't think Boston Scott is a giant killer. Now, listen, if I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm putting Boston Scott in the backfield on the goal line just to send a message, even if you throw just $5 on it, plus 300 for any time touchdown on Boston Scott is good value. Jordan, appreciate it as always. You're the man. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk again soon, my friend. All right. You're the best, Daniel. Thank you. That is Jordan Ajani, CBS Sports. He's good enough to join us via the BetQL guest hotline. You can find him on Twitter at Jordan Dejani. He does a great job covering the NFL. All right, coming up next on 106.7, the fan. We won't see him tonight. We will see him tomorrow. He's the most important player for the remainder of the NFL playoffs. I'll tell you who it is next. You're listening to Denton Day on 106.7, the fan of the Odyssey app. You're listening to 1067 The Fan. I am Denton Day at the Denton Day on Twitter. Real quickly, before I tell you who the most important player in the rest of the NFL postseason is breaking news out of Tennessee. The Titans are planning on hiring Chris Harris as their defensive pass game coordinator and cornerbacks coach. You recognize the name Chris Harris if you're a fan of the Commanders because he spent the last three seasons on staff here in Washington. Uh, So great move for him. 
not great for the team. It's a bit of a lateral move. It's not like he got bumped up to a defensive coordinator position, which is not the greatest sign of what's to come this year. If Ron Rivera is letting his guys go and take lateral jobs, essentially saying, I know I'm not in the best position here. Go get yours while you can get yours. So Chris Harris, now a member of the Tennessee Titans coaching staff. Uh, So I teased it when I went to break. Brock Purdy is the most important player for the remainder of the playoffs this year. I don't care if it's in the NFC or the AFC. The most important guy is Brock Purdy. I have listened to everyone and their mother, brother, and father this week and weeks prior suggest the same thing when it comes to Brock Purdy. When is he going to look like a rookie? When is he going to have the multiple turnover game, throw a bunch of bad interceptions, fumble the ball? When is Brock Purdy going to cost the San Francisco 49ers a football game? My retort every single time, what if he never does? What if Brock Purdy is just a good quarterback? What if Kyle Shanahan got it right? And he didn't get it right when he moved heaven and earth to go get Trey Lance, but he got it right when he drafted uh, the guy at the very end of the seventh round. And I've heard everybody say, well, this guy was barely even drafted. At this point, who even cares? Who cares where Brock Purdy was drafted? Who cares if he's Mr. Irrelevant now? You care about that during the offseason. I don't care about that now. He's balling now. He torched Seattle last week. He's been torching everybody since he took over as QB1 in San Francisco. Who cares where he was drafted months ago? If Brock Purdy keeps this up, if he ends up being just a good quarterback, and hell, he doesn't even need to be good. He needs to be average. If he's an average quarterback, San Francisco is winning the NFC. With all due respect to Philadelphia, San Francisco is the best built team on both offense and defense in the entire NFL. Their biggest question mark at the start of the season was quarterback. Since Brock Purdy has taken over, he has answered that question mark by being good. If he can just maintain that, they're winning the entire thing. I got a chuckle when Micah Parsons said this week that San Francisco hasn't played anybody like Dallas that Brock Purdy hasn't played anybody like Dallas. You know who else hadn't played anybody like Dallas, Micah Parsons? Sam Howell. And Sam Howell played very well against you. I'm not going to say he torched the Dallas defense. He didn't suck, though. Now, just imagine that with Brock Purdy, who has a an offensive line that's competent, an offensive coordinator that's competent, a host of talented dudes around him. And I love the talent that's here in Washington, but the talent here in Washington is not the talent that's there in San Francisco. Good luck. You're going to have to blitz if you're Dallas. You're going to have to send Michael Parsons to rush the passer every single play. Every single play. Because if you don't, you're not going to generate pressure. You're going to have to bring extra guys to generate pressure along with Michael Parsons every single play. And that leaves your secondary open for guys like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, even Kyle Juszczyk's going to get involved. What fascinates me the most about San Francisco is the way they handle their personnel. They can run 12 personnel, 21 personnel, two tight ends, right? You got two tight ends, you got a running back, you got two wide receivers. 
They can run that personnel with every single formation in the book. Now, when you're like, what, what, is that even, Den, what does that even mean? That means if you no huddle with that, you can line your you could you could have a, just a, your single eye look right. Two receivers on the outside, your two tight ends on the line of scrimmage, your running back in the backfield. Go no huddle in the very next play, and because you went no huddle, the same personnel that Dallas had on defense to match what is clearly a run look, you could then spread everybody out and have Brock Purdy alone in the backfield because all those players on San Francisco's offense can do everything. It's the most um, I think underappreciated aspect of what Kyle Shanahan has built in San Francisco and the style of offense that they run. Everybody on that roster can line up anywhere on the field. I think San Francisco has the potential to eat Dallas alive. It's, it's this thing, if you look at it like a boxing match, San Francisco isn't just throwing haymakers to knock you out right from the jump. It's body shots on body shots on body shots and then in the second half, then they start punching for the head. Where the opponent is weak, they're not, they don't have their best guard up, and they're vulnerable. It's exactly what happened last week against Seattle. Brock Purdy didn't play his greatest game against Seattle. It was body blow after body blow after body blow in the first half. The second half came, the defense ratcheted up a notch, and then Brock Purdy started delivering beautiful throws. And they allowed the playmakers to do the rest. They're not afraid to give George Kittle a 10-yard throw over the middle that he can then take and turn to a 45-yard gain because he runs over one dude, makes a guy miss, and then he's going down the field. This offense for San Francisco is too stacked to not at least make it to the NFC Championship game. And then further beyond that, as long as Brock Purdy is good and Brock Purdy, damn it, is good. If San Francisco beats Dallas and they beat them handily, all the talk about when is Brock Purdy going to play like a rookie needs to stop. Shut it the hell off. He's past that already. The guy is just a good quarterback. And oh, by the way, the guy taking snaps for Dallas has been rocky at best. Do not mistake what you saw on Monday night against Tampa Bay as a get-right game for Dallas. It wasn't that at all. Tampa Bay didn't want to be there. Dallas wanted to be there. Tampa Bay did not. And they took advantage of a team that had checked out, a team that's quarterback, the best player in NFL history, had checked out, and a team that was ready to just about clean house on the coaching staff. That's who Dallas beat last week. They're talking about, well, they've never played, San Francisco's never played anybody like us. I hope Michael Parsons keeps that same energy once San Francisco gets the job done Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys. All right, you're listening to Denton Day on 106.7 The Fan. We're going to talk a little XFL coming up in about 15 minutes. The head coach of the Defenders is going to join us. But coming up next, if I was the Bills, here's what I would do to give myself the advantage against Buffalo. It's Denton Day on 106.7 The Fan of the Odyssey app. It's Denton Day on 106.7 The Fan, at the Denton Day on Twitter. The game I'm most excited for this weekend, personally, is the Bengals and the Bills. I love Joe Burrow. I, I would, honestly, I'd probably take a bullet for Joe Burrow. He is my QB1. But if I was Buffalo, I think it's a no-brainer that as long as he's healthy, DeMar Hamlin has to step foot on that field. 
the rush of energy and emotions, positive emotions that are going to come if DeMar Hamlin steps foot on that field for Buffalo is going to be outrageous. The energy is going to be insane, and it should give Buffalo the necessary boost to beat a really good Bengals team. I don't think the Bengals are going to be phased, generally speaking, by the fact they're playing on the road. That if you're a great team with playoff with like real, not just playoff aspirations, but Super Bowl aspirations, you don't really care about that. They won an arrowhead in the AFC Championship game last year. Buffalo isn't going to phase them much, but it's a different beast when DeMar Hamlin steps foot on that field. They didn't do it against Miami, which was smart. I mean, there's no reason to, uh, quite honestly, waste that moment against Miami. But you use it against Cincinnati, especially because they're doing a neutral field for the championship game should Buffalo win. But even outside of that, you don't even know if you're going to beat Cincinnati. So you got to take advantage of that moment on Sunday to give your team just a little bit something extra to play for. Like this is completely out of the realm of normal sports. I think most teams don't need anything extra to play for in the postseason, but this is just a different beast. This is a different thing that doesn't happen on a year-in-year-out basis. That moment of DeMar Hamlin stepping on the football field, it would be insane. If I'm Buffalo and if DeMar Hamlin is healthy, I'm making sure that happens on Sunday, and I think that's going to be a huge edge for the Bills against the Bengals. Now, me personally, I'm still betting the Bengals. I bet them on the money line. I'm not shying away from that. It's 106.7 The Fan. I am Denton Day. Coming up next, Reggie Barlow, the head coach of the D.C. Defenders for the XFL. He's going to join us. They have a great meetup that's going on today, 1 p.m. to 5 p.m., Uh, at National Harbor at the Public House. He's going to join us next, talk a little bit about the meetup and the season coming ahead. Don't go anywhere. Denton Day, 106.7, the fan of the Odyssey app. Fan, I am Denton Day at the Denton Day on Twitter. We are weeks away from the kickoff of the XFL season. The defenders kick their season off. February 19th at Audi Field against the Seattle Sea Dragons. Their coach, Reggie Barlow, is kind enough to give us a few moments here joining via the BetQL guest hotline. You can meet up with coach and a a number of other players. They're going to be at Public House in about an hour and 15 minutes uh, at National Harbor. Uh, Coach, I appreciate you giving us some time. You know, we're a couple weeks away from from the start of the season. Are the butterflies starting to kick in and, and football and XFL are back? Yeah, we are extremely excited. Obviously, uh, February the, uh, 19th, uh, guys have been working hard. We've been in camp uh, last week or so, going into our second week. Uh, coaches have been preparing these guys. It's been really exciting building this team from ground zero and uh, knowing that uh, there's a few weeks left, uh, less than 30 days, and we'll have an opportunity to take the field. So uh, we're looking forward to it. And the event this afternoon starts at 1 p.m. You're going to get to interact with, with fans. How excited are you to see the fans and your players interact for the first time you know, since the XFL uh, closed due to COVID? Yeah, when, 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 um, when they told us that I was going to be the head coach of the D.C. team, I, I was really excited. I have a, a huge admiration for uh, this area, the, the DMV. Uh, although I'm a Southern boy, I've always had a lot of admiration for the the, the the people here and uh, the 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 way guys love sports here and knowing that 
the last time out, the, the D.C. defenders, uh, they set the tone for what your fan participation and energy should look like and feel like. So uh, excited to embrace them. Uh, looking forward to meeting all of them that's coming out um, today at one over at the Harbor. Uh, opportunity to meet myself and a few of our players. Uh, but they have set the standard on uh, what it should look like on game day. So you mentioned we're a couple weeks away from the season, less than 30 days. I know you're getting amped up. Your guys are getting amped up. What has this process been like in getting the guys ready to play for uh, February 19th against the Sea Dragons? Yeah, I think the, uh, the league as a whole uh, did a good job of uh, obviously uh, and it starts with pick, picking the right the right guy. So we had you know we had these showcases and we were able to form and pick our team. And then we had an onboarding process. So it wasn't like when we first got them to camp, we didn't just go right into football. We did uh, a few weeks, well, a, a week and a half, two weeks of them uh, onboarding, basically running, lifting, and you know, just seeing what type of shape they're in. Uh, didn't want to push them um, too hard. Uh, you know, obviously with some of these guys <clears throat> had played in other leagues and that type of stuff. But uh, once we were able to do football stuff, it's you know, it's introducing it. It's uh, making sure that we're walked through in it, uh, watching a lot of film, uh, getting the mental reps as well as, you know, your physical reps. So uh, the guys have done a good job of catching on. Uh, thank God we do have a few more weeks. So we we got a lot more uh, to get better at, But uh, but they are working hard. Where are you in your timeline for deciding who's going to be taking uh, snaps under center come uh, February 19th? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I feel like we have the three best quarterbacks uh, in the XFL. Uh, Eric Dungy, um, uh, Garrett King, and uh, Jordan Tamu. And uh, those guys are competing. Uh, obviously, Tamu has the XFL experience. Uh, Eric King, he was just with the Carolina Panthers for a few weeks here in uh, this season. And, of course, Dungy, uh, you know, he's had his opportunities as well. Really, really solid uh, college player. So uh, they're competing and obviously uh, closer to game time, right? I mean, I know we're a right. few weeks out, but maybe about uh, seven, ten days we'll know. And that way uh, that guy uh, who gets the job will be obviously taking the bulk of the reps and the other guys will still rep some, but not as much as, you know, that, that, that uh, starter will be. So you've had a number of uh, weeks to, to work with your guys and still still a few weeks to go before the season, but who are some of the players that have really stood out to you and guys that have been performing strongly in the in the practice and the reps that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys that's working hard. T.J. Stormont um, is a, a, one of our tackles that we feel like uh, has been doing an outstanding job. Mature guy played at Texas Tech. Uh, Abram Smith, uh, running back that we took with the first pick, who was at Baylor and was maybe fifth or sixth in the nation in Russia, and just an extremely patient runner. Uh, plays the got plays the game the right way. Uh, we have a uh, Bellamy, uh, De- Bellamy and Fadal, or two of our defensive ends that uh, both of those guys have NFL experience and uh, big guys that know how to set the edge. And uh, but there, there are other guys that have been really, really competing uh, at the receiver position at the DB position and um, we're just looking for these guys to continue to compete and show up themselves and uh, of course win the job coach can't tell you how much time uh, how much I appreciate your time I know you got a busy day you're going to be at the public house 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. you and a couple of your players meeting and greeting with a bunch of fans what are fans going to expect to see is there any giveaways that you're going to be uh, uh, giving to fans who show up today yeah, we're excited about seeing our fans. There will be a bunch of giveaways, hats, T-shirts, uh, hoodies, 
uh, obviously uh, other items that will be given away and uh, obviously there'll be food and beverages there uh, opportunity for pictures and all that stuff and uh, we're what we are welcoming uh, you know not just dc fans but fans of football that want to come out and hang out and have a good time we'll have a dj out there and uh it should be a good time and certainly appreciate uh, you guys for allowing us to be on here. As you know, you guys tell our story and being able to come on y'all show, which is uh, numero uno, right? That's what we want to be. We want to be number one like you guys at the end of this thing. So uh, we really appreciate y'all letting us come on and uh, be able to share what we got going on. Absolutely, Coach. I appreciate it greatly. I can't wait till February 19th to see you and your guys out on the field. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's been great. That is Reggie Barlow. He's the head coach of the D.C. Defenders. You can meet him and a number of his players at Public House uh, this afternoon, 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. They're doing a number of giveaways, some special appearances, beer specials, food, raffle, all of it. Go out there, meet them, have a good time, and get to know Coach ahead of the February 19th kickoff for the D.C. Defenders. Real quick here as we wrap, just a couple of bets. I promised I was going to make you a little bit of money here. I'm going to, to come through on that promise. When we started the show, the line for the Jags Chiefs game was eight and a half. It has since jumped to nine and a half. I'm going to guess that sharp money bet in the Chiefs. That worries me a little bit, but I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars to cover nine and a half. It's a huge spread in the postseason. I'm taking the Jags to cover the nine and a half tonight and a prop bet for Sunday. Brandon Ayuk anytime touchdown. It's, I think it's plus 220 is what I'm seeing it now. Jump on Brandon Ayuk anytime touchdown against the Dallas Cowboys and you are going to make yourself a little bit of money. Thank you to everyone tuning in and listening. Thank you to Caitlin, who is producing me this morning, doing a great job. Hit me up on Twitter at The Denton Day. Tim Donnelly next year on 106.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.